TalkZone.com. Now, TalkZone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. Uh, imagine the excitement. Two hours of the two guys at a mic show, talkzone.com. Many people saying one hour was uh, more than enough. Others, and not many of them, but there's a few people out there saying, give these guys a couple extra hours. And indeed, we get one today here on Thursday, going live from 11 till 12 o'clock. want to thank our general manager, Christopher MacArthur, winning the commander-in-chief here who uh, relinquishes the 11 to 12 o'clock hour for us. We much appreciate it. 888-463-6748. The phone number, if you didn't join us in hour number one, eh, you didn't miss much. We talked the Chilean miners. We talked uh, and are still talking. Favorite comedy scenes, not movies, but scenes of all time. We kind of uh, broke down the college football uh, docket for the weekend with some pretty good matchups. Nothing scintillating, but uh, Notre Dame, Stanford, Oregon State, Boise State, and tonight's matchup, Miami and Pittsburgh. Maybe at the head of the class. So hour number two here, we're going to get into NFL football. Coach, right here in Chicago, we got uh, unbelievable buildup. I mean, tremendous buildup, almost uh, requiring X-Lax. Incredible buildup for the Monday Night Green Bay Packer, Bear Packer football. Monday night, both teams undefeated. Well, we're only two games into the season. Let's not get carried away. But still, it's cool. It's exciting. We'll be watching Monday night at 8 o'clock, but we'll also go over some of the other NFL football games too because there's some pretty good matchups. Week 3 of the NFL season, week 4 of college football. Like we said, we'll talk some comedy scenes out there. We'll do a little sports, guys, talk politics as well. And the uh, coach flying solo, at least for most of the show, 888-463-6748. The phone lines will be open for you. But I think we are joined via the phone line right now. We talked to him in hour number one. It's our regular co-host. He'll be in, uh, not in studio, but he'll be joining us for our regular show tomorrow, a football Friday. It's my good friend, the big dog, Joe Redwanski. Big dog, we hit bad sell, my friend. Yeah, well, it wasn't bad sell. It was the fact that I went into Union Station and I knew it was going to happen. Ah. So. I know I got cut off right in the middle of a tease yeah. for tomorrow's picks, but I, I do like a particular team come Monday, Coach. I thought it was, um, I got a feeling it was someone from ESPN following you around that realized that our ratings are starting to kick in and they somehow, somehow cut off the phone signal. I think there was some kind of conspiracy. Yeah. But, but at any rate, you said, I believe, if our memory serves me correct, that you would guarantee a winner for the Bear Packer game on Monday and you'll do that on our Monday show? Yeah, I probably sh- I probably should not do that. No, no, I'm going to do it on tomorrow's show. Oh, tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, nice. So, so you definitely de- you nice. want to listen to that particular. Okay. One. So, so you got some you got some insights, maybe some in- inside info that you may or may not relinquish to our listeners, but you feel pretty confident about this one. Yes, I do, Coach. Yes, I do. I I think it's going to be one that comes in, but uh, nonetheless, I'm I'm downtown now, and mm-hmm. I got to tell you something. If you're a single man in the city of Chicago like I am, yes. This might be the best place in the world to be, is all I have to say, my friend. Yeah. City of Chicago, especially for those of us uh, like you and me, Big Doe, that get stuck out in the suburbs way too much. Yeah. City of Chicago, you hate to say underrated because it's Chicago, but it's underrated. I mean, it yeah. really is. From from the visual sites that you are viewing now to more culturalistic 
visual sights to the beauty to the opportunities, things to do. It's the best city in the world. Yeah, as a, as a matter of fact, I, I have walked by two women so far today, and, and I've yelled, hey, what's up, Mrs. Redwanski? You know, <laughs> only one got it. I was like, yeah, my last name is Redwanski. You know, yeah. and she giggled and, and kept walking. The well, other one ran, so I, I didn't think she liked me too much. You didn't shout out like, hey, show me your Redwanskis. No, I did say, hey, let me see your teeth. And then, she, <laughs> and then I gave her some beads. After she smiled for me. Uh, goodness. You might not make it to that job interview. You keep up comments like that. Some guy named Bruno is going to come up and uh, slap you inside the head. So be careful. As long, as long, if his name is Bruno, as long as he comes to me from the front, I'll be happy. If he comes <laughs> to me from behind, I'll definitely be a little worried, Coach. <laughs> oh, goodness. All right. Now, one thing I was going to ask you before we hit the break here, I do want to get some uh, football picks from you as well as uh, uh, tonight's game, Miami and Pittsburgh. But we threw out a daily quandary in the uh, – First oh, hour. Miami and Pittsburgh is tonight. Tonight, I was surprised too when I read the paper this morning. Because that's that's a great game, is it not? I didn't realize it was tonight. Oh no, I don't know if I got my survivor pick in in time. Oh, that's not good. Okay. Miami Pretty and Pittsburgh. Uh, yeah, we'll double check that, but I'm pretty sure yeah, tonight, six thirty, ESPN. Coach David wants to take it out of Randy Shannon. In the Miami Hurricane, I think that's going to be a great, great oh, ball game. Oh, 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 NCAA, you freaked me out there for a second, Coach. Oh. Because if you, you know, if you, <laughs> oh. I would know that game is a phenomenal game. I wish I could watch it. I just, uh, I won't have the opportunity. Went, I'll be stuck downtown. I'll be refereeing football tonight. I want to talk about that, too. But do you mean Miami and Pittsburgh are playing in the NFL as well? No, they're not. As a matter okay. of fact, Pittsburgh is playing Tampa Bay. Okay. I just figured you had made another mistake. Okay. So you thought I was talking NFL football. No, it's the college game. It's the yeah. college game. Now, but uh, would you agree that that normally I don't watch Thursday night college football? That should probably be a game we check out. Yeah, absolutely. And if you're an Ohio State fan, uh, Big Ten fan, you're definitely rooting for uh, yeah. Miami in this situation. It gives a little bit more credibility to Ohio State, yeah. who so far – has played the Little Sisters of the Poor, the Little Sisters of the Poor, a team with a question mark, and this week are playing yeah. uh, Little, Little, Little Sisters from the Poor. So, uh, you know, it would be good for Ohio State to see Miami win convincingly. Yeah. Well, on the other hand, the Little Sisters of the Poor are getting better. I don't know if you saw or not, but they just picked up a three-star recruit from Abilene, Texas. They've got a little uh, California connection going. Little Sisters of the Poor, a program on the rise, Big Doug. Yeah, they lack size, but they do. They're they're feisty, coach. They'll bite an ankle. Hey, you know what? To. I think I just came up with an idea. Has anyone ever come out with like a T-shirt with the uh, L S O P University Little Sisters of the Poor? You? That that would be pretty funny. That's coach. not bad. That's not bad. Yeah, especially have... you know when you go to like a, a home uh, game against like Nebraska. Yeah. You know because they're that's who they're typically playing. Uh huh. How about, like, proud graduate, little sisters of the poor you? That's not bad. Not bad. I, I, I like the idea. You know, actually, today in the Chicago Tribune, oh. I was on the train, I was able to read the paper. Yes. Um, there was an article, and it kind of explained why these teams have to do it, why they have to play, because they have to have a, a Big Ten, like major Big Ten programs have to have more home games than row games in order to support, yep. you know, the women's volleyball team and the women's soccer team so yep. they can travel all over the place. Mm -hmm. You know, because it does cost a little bit more to go from Nebraska to Penn State than it does to go from, yeah. you know, Ypsilanti to Kalamazoo it, in Michigan. You it know, sounds if, if weird, but that Ohio State extra home football game in a not-so-minimal 
part, I mean, it's not the major, but in, in a mid-major way, it helps support a lot of those other Ohio State University sports programs. Yeah, so they really can't do the, like, uh, a lot of home and road. I mean, they try to do the home and road every year against, like, a major program. Okay, so, you know, they're doing it with Miami. But what will happen in the future is if the Big Ten actually gets, they're going to do nine conference games instead of eight conference games. Yep. But basically, you will not see any Big Ten team doing home and homes, home and roads, whatever you want to call them, with major programs. Because mm-hmm. they're going to have to put three guaranteed home games on their schedule, which means that you're not going to see. So that way, uh, uh, three, so you're going to basically see Ohio State playing Eastern Michigan, Ohio, and uh, Marshall every year, and they won't be playing the Miamis of the world because they couldn't afford to lose a home game every other year. It's pretty sad, but that's, that's what's going to happen. Football schedulologist Joel Redwanski joining us for a brief moment in time on the show. Big Dog, one of our listeners wants to know, in the year 2017, will Eastern Michigan still be battling uh, the University of Michigan in classic collegiate football? Um, I, I would hate to tell you, Coach, but uh, I don't know. If there's a Western civilization, yes. But there, there's a, it's, that's still up in the air. <laughs> Oh, goodness. Our favorite schedulologist, Big Dog Radwanski. All right, now let me ask you real quick, uh, Saturday's game, before your uh, phone shoots out again, how about Oregon State and Boise State? Now, you mentioned that in tonight's game, Miami and Pittsburgh, Ohio State's going to be rooting for Miami. But yeah. uh, on the other hand, Boise State will be rooting for Pittsburgh to win that game, right? Why is that? Wouldn't that help their rankings if Miami loses again and makes Ohio State's victory look that much more impressive. Yeah, yeah, I guess that's, a, that's uh, an excellent point. Excellent point. Actually, it's and not G- that good of a point. I think I'm reaching. And TCU will definitely be rooting for Oregon State because as much love, and, and Boise State, I, I do believe, deserves to be ranked ahead of TCU because yep. they got 20 starters back from a, from uh, from last year's uh, Fiesta Bowl championship team, mm-hmm. which is, is amazing. I've never seen a BCS winner with 20 returning starters getting so little respect. Normally, they'd be automatically ranked number one in the country. Um, but, uh, you know, if you think about it, TCU has already beaten Oregon State. And TCU has been saying, hey, why aren't we getting any, why aren't we getting any love mm-hmm. for uh, the fact that, you know, we've beaten Oregon State? So if Oregon State knocks off Boise State, try to stay with us, folks. There'll be a test on this material coming up in about 18 minutes. If Oregon State can beat Boise State, TCU all of a sudden shoots in the national championship contendership. Absolutely, because okay. you can say TCU can be like, hey, we beat Oregon State. Everybody was giving Boise State love, and now Oregon State yep. beat, beat Boise State. So without question, of uh, when, it comes, when it comes to teams that are rooting for other teams that have really nothing to do with those particular games, mm-hmm. uh, this week, without a doubt, it's, TCU rooting for Oregon State. I'll, I'll give you one of those games every single week this, this year, Coach. Emailer Manny from Maryville wants to know why, if TCU has 20 returning players and his beloved Akron Zips also have 20 returning players, why is Akron not rated as high as TCU? Uh, quoting the great Timmy <laughs> Mash, college football coach at the University of Elmer, well, he said this about the 1992 <laughs> team. He said, uh, well, we got good news and bad news. <laughs> Good news is we have 20 returning starters. What's bad the bad news? news? We have 20 returning starters <laughs> last year's one and eight team. That, that is one of the classic lines of all coaches. <laughs> Can you believe uh, Division yeah. three coach said it, and uh, to me that's uh, <laughs> phenomenal. Every time I every time uh, I even think of that quote, I laugh. Oh, it's the good news, coach. Well, we got 20 returning players from last year's team. All right. Well, what's the bad news, coach? Well. 
We got 20 returning players from last year's team. That's a classic. <laughs> who is that? Who was it? Jimmy? Uh, you know what? I'm going to, I, I, I'll have to ask. Okay. Hackman, who is one of those returning starters. Okay. When I bring that up to him, he doesn't find it as funny as I <laughs> Oh, so you know somebody who was on the team that they were talking about. Yeah, well, oh, that's, that's why I was like reading, uh, you know, reading an article <laughs> about him. But just to let you know, that particular guy, Rick Hackman, was a 170 pound inside linebacker who led the team in tackles four consecutive years. And he averaged like three or four picks a season. And, uh, the one game I got to go watch him play against Augustana, he returned the interception for a touchdown. Wow. He wasn't the problem, Coach, is mm-hmm. the best way for me to tell you. All right, fair enough. Fair oh, enough. Now, by the way, on that team, on that particular team, Jack Lamb was their quarterback. Do you remember that name, Coach Lamb? Not Jack Ham, but Jack Lamb. Jack Lamb, L-A-M-B. Do not. Jack Lamb from Canaryville in Chicago was their starting quarterback. And when he retired from Elmhurst, he was the NCAA's all-time total offense leader. He he had 16,000 total yards in college. The only problem was he was also the NCAA's all-time leading interception guy. <laughs> he, he threw for 600 yards in a game against North Park. Yeah. And he lost because he had seven interceptions. Because <laughs> you know, think about it. If you go right down the field, throw an interception, return for a touchdown, you get the ball back. 600 yards isn't that impressive. Yeah. That's why well, they say time of possession. The most overrated statistic, Brian Kelly, the Notre Dame coach, said every game at Cincinnati they lost the time of possession. He said, we like to score quickly. You know, our offense is too good to take our time going down the field. So that's an overrated stat. But Jack it Lamb, is. huh? Yeah, Jack Lamb. All right. We got Who, by the way, was also my quarterback on a flag football team. And, by the way, uh, he played much better drunk. And, by the way, he played well every game, if you know what I'm saying, Coach. Yeah, I think I do know what you're saying. <laughs> now, you're refereeing men's flag football tonight? Yes, I do it every Tuesday and oh. Thursday for the Players Sports Group here downtown in the city of Chicago. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's a decent paycheck. And uh, I was pretty happy considering, you know, it's only four hours. You know, I get paid, you know, it's a decent uh, part-time job. And uh, after, you know, I told them I had refereed before. And they believed me after the first day because <laughs> they were pretty impressed because four games of refereeing, I was only MF'd one time. That's not bad. That's that's, that's, I mean, that's Especially when you're talking about grown men. That's an average average of point two five MFs per game. Yeah, that's that's highly respectable. Yeah, point two five. And to be quite honest with you, I, I could really I started laughing at the guy, and it, the guy's like, "You don't even know what holding is." I was like, "Well, actually, you've been doing it on every single play. I had to eventually call it." Mm-hmm. That shut him up. I still remember my first job out of school was running the athletic programs for the local park district, and there were none. There were none that scared me more than the men's. Flag football, because Big Dog, as you alluded to, these guys very often would uh, go drinky-drinky before the game. They would come out, and these guys were mostly large guys, ex-high school and ex-college players, who were now trying to get all their athletic frustrations out on the football field. And flag football, for those that uh, are not aware, a little different than touch. Much more physical game, and I remind you, in flag football, as opposed to tackle football, no pads. No yeah. shoulder pads. You know. Well, yeah. I, yeah, you don't wear pads. So these guys, ex-high school and college players, were beating on each other, full blocking. Full full blocking, pass blocking. These guys would run rollouts. They'd have the uh, guards pull out. And, again, a lot of these guys, you know, two, three, four beers, no fear, no pads on, big, giant guy. And there would be fights breaking out. There, We would have serious injuries. It was brutal. 
Well, uh, I got to be honest with you. I, I was always much more sore after a game with pads than without pads because I, I used to use my shoulder pads and helmet as a weapon. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I always crack up when I hear people, yeah, we play without pads. Well, it's definitely nowhere near as rough. I always thought that. But uh, I, I got to be honest with you, Coach. I always – I would rather have to tackle somebody to the ground, honestly. I don't care who it was, than grab a flag yes. off of their – because it always freaked me out. I always thought I was going to break a thumb or break a finger. Yep. You got your. I would rather man up and drop my uh, drop my the you know my sternum right into somebody's chest at full speed, and not, and I think I have less of a chance of injury than reaching out and having one of my digits snapped off by some uh, you know <laughs> by some guy that never got to play high school sports. So and he's people to make that himself a hero. People that haven't played flag football before aren't going to appreciate that. You have had to play the game, but you're exactly right to grab that stupid little flag. Now they've started putting the flag on the backside, too, so you got three flags. Yeah. That yes. makes it a little bit easier. And then, of course, if you're playing correct flag football, it makes it uh, a little bit more challenging as a referee well, to call I, the – I don't know. How many reaching-in penalties have you called? Uh, I, I haven't yet. I was, it's only four games. I pretty much let everything go. It's the best start for me. That's how I call the game. And, uh, you know, but it's funny, coaches. I played flag football this particular Sunday. Somebody asked me to play. I, I, but played center, which was eligible. Uh-huh. Got three passes, two for touchdowns, and I had three sacks on defense. <laughs> I was like dominant. And I was talking to the ref there, and the guy's like, oh, you're, yeah, he's like, this team had won a game all year long. Now they're killing this team. I'm like, this is going to be the last one I play. I was like, I have to go find a job. I can't be working on Thursday. He's like, on Sundays, and he's like, well, do you want a job as a referee? That's how I got, and I was like, oh, I've used to ref, so that's how I got the gig, coach. So you came I out played, to... I played so well on Sunday, and the, uh, one of the referees yeah. started talking to me and actually hooked me up with a job. Well, you may not be laughing when you're done with it, because if I remember, it's been a few years, more than a few years since I've been involved with men's flag football, but there are, I remember back in the day, I said there are very few jobs I would not take one of is refereeing men's flag football. That is a no-win situation. You're going to get guys coming after you. Now, you're a pretty big guy, somewhat of an imposing force, but still, men's flag football, maybe your league's a little bit different, but back in the day, that was brutal. I mean, those guys, you, you, they'd have to be escorted to their car post-game. Yeah, well, I, I would, I'm just going to remind these guys every single time. Trust me, Coach, I, the people usually don't want to fight me is the best way for me to say it. Mm-hmm. I don't want to act like Mr. Tough Guy, but... Uh, the, the, See, I think we, I think what you're refereeing is one of those little, uh, you know, I'm not want to say pansy daisy, little social leagues, but I don't I don't think you're talking about the same kind of flag football league. This is one of these meet and greet leagues where the, you know, no, no, sponsored no. by a social league where you know the co rec and everybody mm-hmm. comes out and and meeting. The winner gets a thousand bucks of this league. Eh, I don't like it. I can tell already. Well, I know I'm with you. No, I'm with you. These guys, these they, players they are. Serious. I haven't even met them yet. They're all soft. I gotta tell you one thing is so far, I've, please don't take this the wrong way, but in the, in the, in the four games that I've refereed, there was only one guy that I thought was a football player than me. So, mm-hmm. you're right, they're soft. Yeah, it's part of that social network, you know, yeah, you meet and greet people, you know, after the game and stuff like that. Where no, the no, actual... it ain't like that. These guys, they're, almost after every game so far, there's been a fight. Okay. That's better. These guys, they, they, what they are, they're guys that never got to play high school football. Okay. So they're upset about it. Is what, <laughs> is what it is. That, that, that's exactly what it is, coach. This is no, this might be a social thing, all that other stuff. Uh-huh. These guys don't come to, they're running plays. 
You know, they got people screaming at teammates. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It, 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 it's pretty funny. Now here's you what guys you argue every call, and I don't care. I just blow them off. I can care less. Yeah, well, that, that, now that sounds like the men's flag football league I'm talking about, where yeah, you do have a few fights and they're arguing, and you, as a referee, you absolutely can't win. And again, usually the people are drinking before the game and drinking after the game as well. You know what well, else well, you coach, should? I'm in pretty good shape, which is funny. Is and you, no one, I don't think is going to challenge me to a fight because I've already been called hockey like three times. <laughs> I, I, they they saw me and they were like, "We're going to give you an extra large. Here's a large shirt." They were laughing and I put it on. Everybody was like, "They're like, dude, you look like a freaking never mind. I look like a fighter." And this is the best way to say it. it's pretty funny, coach. To our listeners out there, a reference you can tell to that I'm circumcised is the best way I can tell you how take tight it the equipment take it easy. A little bit too much information there, but a reference to a NFL referee, everybody's favorite, Jim Hockley's, one of the great uh, NFL referees. You know what you should try as long as you're doing the. Singles adult recreation circuit, what you got to do, you especially, you got to get out there, referee, uh, Colrec or men's dodgeball. They Colrec? Actually, What's yeah, that? They have team dodgeball competition. You'd be perfect for yeah, that. It's so funny you're saying that this particular Saturday, I'm repping that too. There you go. So Is it going to be, be at, is it North Avenue Beach? Is, is that where it's at? That's the competition I know. Uh, I we, just know it's downtown. I got to be there at 915. It's, uh, I haven't gotten all the information yet, but I'm going to be one of the 10 referees and, uh, it, there's 1,000 people to single elimination tournament. And like, if you're on one of the, like, basically there's going to be so many games going on at first, not all the games will have referees, but by mm-hmm. the time you start getting down into like, uh, by the time you get to the Sweet 16, every yeah. single game will have a rep, yeah. not just like a handful of them. Yeah. And at that level, there is, believe it or not, there's a strategy to dodgeball. There is a competitive level to dodgeball. There's some special rules, but uh, you actually got to work together as a team. It's pretty cool. It's pretty unique, yeah, I, and uh, you'll get plenty of arguing because uh, the the players tend to get a little feisty when it gets down to crunch time in dodgeball. I got I got to be honest with you, Coach. I was married. I'm used to people screaming at the top of their lungs at me. <laughs> and you're used to having you, things. You're to... laughing. It's you have. There's a reason why I'm divorced. Okay. So like you can take a normal oh some person that's a legal secretary. You know what I mean? And she is the, the most docile person in the world. Next thing you know, she's screaming at the top of your lungs at you. I can deal with it. I can just, okay, whatever, get a life. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, I, yeah, like, I'm getting paid 20 bucks an hour. You really think I could care less what yeah. you're screaming at me? Not enough, oh. by the way. Not enough. I need to be your agent. You should be getting paid more than that, 25, 30 bucks a game. You should be walking out of there with 120. But it's still pretty fun if you're out there in the fresh air and you're enjoying yourself 80 bucks for well, the night. The beautiful is not thing is, the beautiful thing is, as soon as somebody doesn't show up for the football, I make 40 bucks an hour. So I keep on telling these people, don't show up so I can just rep the games by myself because I'm actually doing it with somebody else. Mm-hmm. It makes it a lot easier, a lot easier, but also a lot more difficult to say, hey, I didn't see it. You know what I mean? Because if you're by yourself and somebody's like, hey, I got held, you can be like, hey, I didn't see it, and what are they going to do, complain? Mm-hmm. You know, so it's uh, it's a little bit more difficult when you got two people. They, you don't have an excuse for missing a call, I guess. Or is the season I mean, where it's, it's not like we're watching SEC football and you got a bunch of 4-4 four, four runners out there. So <laughs> You might have some 6-4 runners, but not 4-4. Four, four. <laughs> um, wait till the season wears on, too, and you'll get some teams probably not showing up. You get a forfeit, you sit around and make 20 bucks just for uh, – you know, taking an hour off, that's not a bad gig either if you're the kind well, of referee. Yeah, well, yeah that's, that's what I want to have to bring a bottle of Jack Daniels or something like that because I just can't sit around the city of Chicago for an hour. <laughs> hey, real quick, before we take a break, Big Dog, Big Dog checking in uh, out in the city of Chicago. He'll be 
on the show full time tomorrow as we do a football Friday, make our beat the schmoes football picks. We'll break down the weekend of NFL football and then we'll just simply break down. That's what we do each and every football Friday. Real quick, dog, before we head to a break, uh, uh, our daily quandary for the day. We got a couple of them, but one of them I want to throw at you. We were talking about the Chilean miners being our adopted team, our favorite team here on the show. We talk about all the sports analogies, overcoming adversity, fighting through pain, trying to pull off the ultimate upset. Uh, and we threw out this, which coach, and I want to get, I think you might have some good thoughts on this, which coach out there now, or maybe a coach from days gone by who might not be with us, do you think could give the best motivational speech to those miners right now? If we could squeeze him down that little two-foot hole or one-foot hole, whatever they're putting the stuff down. If we could throw a coach down there for a 10-minute pep talk, who do you think the guy, who would be your pick to talk to those miners to keep motivated for another 45 days? Well, you know, that's that's an awful tough call, Coach, because you have to find somebody that, you know, you you, you got to teach patience. you you got to teach the fact that you got to, you know, play as a team, you know, and share the cigarettes that they give out. Yep. You know what I mean? You know, no infighting. Right. You know, so it's probably somebody that actually was able to lead like the Washington Centers to a, to a World Series. I would say a Chicago Cup manager because, you know, you have to see patience for that. But it's been so long, you know, that I, I really don't think, uh, I, you know, I can say Frank Chance because he was the last manager of a World Series champion and they were actually good back then. So mm-hmm. uh, you know, that that's an awful tough uh, call, Coach. And he would have to speak Portuguese, by the way. <laughs> oh, no, no, it's Chilean. I guess he would have to speak Spanish. I'm yeah. Ian. Oh, you think Ozzy would? We, we mentioned Ozzy before. He'd be a leading candidate because you'd get you'd get some spark in your motivation. Uh, two, they'd be able to actually understand him, which in Ozzy Guillen's case could be a good thing or could not be a good thing. And then three, I think they'd all need a good laugh, and he would provide a little sense of humor as well. This is absolutely true, Coach. Yeah. What would Lovey Smith sound like if he was given the talk to the miners? Uh, well, uh. You know, we know what the plan is. We're going to stick to the plan. We could get you out in 45 days, so we're going to tell you it's 60. But we like our plan. Yeah, we're going to stick to the plan, and uh, two feet is our air hole. Two (laughs) feet is our air hole. You hear me? Okay, you got that, Coach? Yeah, he would not be one of the guys I'd send down there to motivate the miners, I think. No, absolutely not. Yeah, you might have, out of the 33, you might, three or four might go suicidal before he's well, done. That will, that will definitely. Nope. Oh, we lose him. Gone. We lost the big dog. Well, I was going to say, I think he would, uh, had to go back to his interview anyways. We got to take a quick break here on the talkzone.com. Two guys at a mic show. It's a rare 11 till 12 o'clock. We're going two hours today. Our phone lines are open if you want to join us. 888. 888- Four six three six seven four eight. When we come back, we got to talk a little baseball. David Olson has given us the late night scores. We'll update you in the National League West. We've been college football intensive. We'll kind of take a look at the NFL weekend coming up and continue with our comedy scenes, the individual scenes that are some of the funniest you've ever seen. Ever seen. Contribute at eight 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 four six three six seven four eight. David Olson, our producer, Coach Flying Solo. Back in a minute. We thank the Big Dog for joining us for a brief moment.
lines are open for your calls on Two Guys and a Mic. Call 888-GO-FOR-IT. Once again, here's the coach, John Cohn. Still don't like the way that guy says once again like it's annoying him, but uh, here I am, back at you like a bad dream, popping up every 10 o'clock to 11 o'clock on weekdays here on the TalkZone.com. Two guys did a mic today, of course. Special show. We're going from 11 till 12. Maybe some new listeners jumping on board here in the extra hour time. You're welcome to join us via the phone line, talk sports and more. That's what we do here on the Two Guys in a Mic Show, 888-463-6748, the phone number. All right, David, we went over some uh, comedy scenes so far. Let's add to that list again some I just kind of wrote down off the cuff here. I, this one I think is uh, maybe maybe the best comedy scene of all time. I don't know if you remember, it's a mad, 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 mad world. You ever saw that movie? Never saw Jonathan it. Jonathan Winters. Another guy. My dad. Grandpa Cone. My dad. Absolutely. Jonathan Winters would put him on the floor. A lot of our young listeners probably don't even know who Jonathan Winters is. There's a scene. YouTube it. In Mad, Mad, Mad World. Just look up Jonathan Winters' gas station scene. Absolutely classic. Where he plays the manic guy and starts beating up people, throwing people around. And it's... Uh, it ends with tremendous comedic twist, but that one from uh underrated movie, by the way, Mad, Mad, Mad World. Phil Silvers, by the way, starring in that, and he is also in that scene. How about nine and a half months? And this is, you know, chick flick, not a great movie, but there was a scene in there with Tom Arnold. You ever seen Nine and a Half Months? Okay. In the toy store, fairly early in the movie, it's probably 25%, maybe even 20% into the movie. First 15, 20 minutes into the movie. Into the toy store where Tom Arnold is um, getting obnoxious at a toy store, raising a fuck uh, a, a fracas. <laughs> Thank you very much. We almost get knocked off the air here, and uh, he ends up getting in a fight, knocking things off the dresser drawers, the toy drawers, the uh, the counters, and there's a giant Barney doll that falls down and he starts battling with the Barney die. And it's one of those ones you almost can't describe. you got to see it. But that scene with Tom Arnold from Nine and a Half Months, that's one of those ones that had me roll. That had me roll. And, again, a lot of these ones you can YouTube. Uh, 888-463-674. If you want to contribute some comedy scenes, not comedies, but some actual scenes that absolutely cracked you up. I don't know if you remember seeing Silver Street. It was a long time ago. Richard Pryor, Gene Wilder. And there's a scene where they are going to be sent to prison. They're very worried about it because they are not, quote-unquote, prison-type guys. And they have to walk from one end of the prison past all the... You're thinking of stir-crazy. Stir-crazy? It's stir-crazy. What did I say? Silver Silver Street. Sorry about that. Stir-crazy. I got the actors right, though, right? You did, yeah. So you remember the scene I'm talking about? I do, yes. (laughs) And a lot of these I'm finding out, and maybe I'm not good at describing them, you almost have have to see them. But, you know, Richard Pryor reminding Gene Wilder, who's about the whitest white guy out there, that we got to, you know, you got to look cool. You got to be hip, man. Otherwise, these people are going to take advantage of him. So they're walking by all the prisoners and, come on, we, we bad, right? We bad. You got to look bad. And Richard Pryor's looking over at Gene Wilder and go, you don't look too bad, man. But <laughs> that scene, another one, I'm assuming you could YouTube that one. I still remember that one as a classic. Did you ever see Zoolander? I did. Didn't like it, but what scene? Oh, the scene near the top of the movie where Ben Stiller and his model buddies go out for a day on the town. You know, maybe, I, I, I don't even know if I saw the whole thing. I don't remember. 
I'll, I'll show it to you. I mean, the, the movie as a whole, I mean, it had its moments. Yeah. But that, uh, that same scene, idea, trying to act cool. Well, yeah, no, they're just all so cheerful. I mean, it's it, it's a it's a jeep full of male models because that's the whole that, that's the whole point of the movie is Ben Stiller, is the world's greatest uh, male model, and they're out and they're just frolicking and they're having fun and they're smiling and they're laughing and they're dancing and they're being all playful and you know they hop out of the jeep and they get to the gas station and they start having a gas fight, and one of them lights a cigarette and they all die. <laughs> it's just it, it, and it just it comes out of nowhere. All right. So. And that, sometimes the movie doesn't even have to be that great, but it's the scene and that can crack you up. And, and it, like Stir Crazy, I thought it was Silver Street. Not, you know, not my favorite movie, not my favorite comedy, but I always yeah, remember yeah, see, that. Yeah, I scene. go a little bit more modern, like uh, yeah. another one, Anchorman. Okay. The Anchor Fight, where they have the alley fight with all the different news teams. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was just, boy, that escalated quickly. Yeah. That really got out of hand. <laughs> oh. Brock killed a guy. Uh, that was classic with good old Will Ferrell at the uh, at the helm. Again, you want to contribute? Uh, you got some scene that you'd like to put in our little. Maybe we'll put together a little top ten list if we could. Eight 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 four six three sixty seven forty eight. The Marx Brothers absolutely cracked me up. You could spend a whole show on the Marx Brothers. If I had to pick out one scene, maybe their most famous comedic scene, one of their most famous of all time, it was in the uh, Ocean Cruiser. In one of the small rooms, they're all small rooms, right, on the boat cruise. And Groucho and Harpo and Chico are in there, and room service comes in first to change the sheets. And then the uh, maintenance guy comes in. Remember this scene? Oh, uh, David, you haven't seen Oh, you got a, you got a YouTube Marx Brothers. I saw the Marx Brothers when I was a kid, and I don't remember it. And oh, no, I this don't, is one of the classic scenes I, of all time. And you got housekeeping coming in. you got the electrician coming in. And then uh, I think one of the last people to come in is the uh, uh, food service. They got everybody in the small room climbing over each other, and, and then they finally open the door, and everybody comes tumbling out. But that's a classic. That's a classic. Another one is uh, when he was the dentist. There's so many in Marx Brothers, but what was Dr. Hack in the Bush? The Marx Brothers dentist scene? Absolutely clear. Those guys used to crack me up. Uh, 888-463-6748. We throw out some daily quandaries. Once in a while on our two guys in a mic show today, we got a couple of them out there, actually. If you were... Pick a one person, a coach out there who can give a motivational talk to our favorite team, and that is the 33 miners that uh, in Chile that are stuck in the cave, hopefully battling time. Hopefully going to get out of there in 30 or 45 days. But uh, if you could have one coach that could go in there and give them a 10-minute pep talk, who do you think would be the coach to give them the best speech, the best motivational talk? And also uh, favorite comedy scenes of all time. We've thrown a few out at you. Obviously, there's a lot more you want to contribute to that. We'd love to hear from you. 888-463-6748. You can email us at Mike2GuysAOL.com. Actually, I had a couple of listeners comment on our Facebook page Uh-oh. on the uh, favorite comedy scenes of all time. Uh, Steve Ritchie writes, any scene from Caddyshack? You see, uh, you know, that, if you want to put Caddyshack as your favorite movie, that's cool. But he can't pick any scene. you got to pick a specific scene. My it, 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 From Caddyshack, it's kind of an obscure scene, but it's a scene where... Uh, Bill Murray is talking to the head groundskeeper about killing all the gophers. Yeah. Pardon me if I'm wrong, Sandy, but if I kill all the golfers, they're going to lock me up and throw away the key. <laughs> yeah, I, I, it's just a quick scene. I just yeah. love that scene. Yeah. Some some of them don't have to be extended. Some of them can be can be quickies, like the Peter Sellers one we were talking about earlier. Excuse me, sir, is that your dog? 
Yes, it is. Does he bite? Oh, no, no. No, 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 no does your dog bite? Does your bite? dog bite? Oh, man, I thought you said your dog does not bite. That's not my that dog. That's not my dog. Yeah. So, not to be an extended scene, but. And then uh, Matt Duffy writes, the uh, scene in Major League Two where Jack Parkman uh, names Rick Vaughn's pitches. See, I, I never saw Major League Two. Yeah, it didn't he, miss much. He puts a name to their pitches? Mm. Okay. Yeah, yeah, uh, home run hitter. Rick, uh, Charlie Sheen's character is throwing all these different pitches, and he's like, oh, mm-hmm. this is the violator in this one. And okay. Guy cranks it out of the park and mm-hmm. uh, says, oh, why don't you call that one the masturbator? <laughs> We're almost there are almost two different categories here, and again, you want to contribute. We thank those folks for contributing via via Facebook, huh? See, I'm not technological. They can actually type it in on Facebook. Very oh, yeah, nice. yeah. I told them it's like, oh, send it, call in or send it oh. or post it right here. And... All right, beautiful. Eight 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 four six three sixty seven forty eight. There's almost a delineage here between great comedic lines and great comedy scenes. We're almost talking two different things. I got to throw my guys, the Three Stooges, in there. My all time favorite. If I had to pick. Top comedian of all time. I gotta go curly. Nobody. Nobody can crack me up on a consistent basis like curly. And I'm, by the way, a Three Stooges historian, David. If you ever want to uh, get into uh, some of the history of the Three Stooges, I got three or four books that I have read. I've done a couple of reports on them. I, I am. I don't know if anybody's looking for a Three Stooges uh, historian, but I'm your guy. Hey, you could have a nice conversation with the Commander-in-Chief, Chris Wedding. He's oh, also really? a huge Three Stooges fan. Interesting. We finally have something in common. Eleven months of working together. We've been at odds and opposite ends. Chris avoids me at all times. Maybe I can use Curly to find a, a way in with the, uh, the Commander-in-Chief, our general manager. That's outstanding. But how, how do you pick one scene? Very, very tough. But if I had to pick one that cracks me up, it's when Curly plays the, the Maharisha. Maha! Aha! Any Three Stooges fan will know that scene. Does the Maha want to come over here? I don't have to. Maha, aha. But the Three Stooges, those guys. Whew, if I tough call with them and the Marx Brothers is my favorite comedy teens. I gotta, I gotta call it one and one a, an absolute tie. But those guys absolutely cracked me up. All right, we'll get back to some sports talk here. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, let's check in on the National League Western Division race. Getting pretty exciting, folks. The baseball season comes to an end next weekend. So we got, what, about eight or nine more games? And you still got four teams battling basically for two spots. We kind of described it here. The Atlanta Braves are now the adopted partners in the National League Western Division. Throw them in the West. Four teams battling for two spots. We'll talk about a big Cub victory over the Giants. 2 nothing and NFL football coming up. A little preview for our football Friday tomorrow. Pick out some of the good games, including the Bears. Taking on the Packer. Our phone lines are open if you want to check in. 888-463-6748. We'll be back in 1 minute and 18 seconds. We are very specific here on the TalkZone.com.
lines are open for your calls on Two Guys and a Mic. Call 888-GO-FOR-IT. Once again, here's the coach, John Cohn. Welcome back, two guys and a mic. David, you know I'm a big uh, Barack Obama supporter, but I did uh, see a sign or a bumper sticker that did, took a nice, a rather humorous shot at Barack, and it said, I voted for change. And then in smaller letters underneath it, and now that's all I've got left. <laughs> oh, goodness. David's my fellow uh, liberal producer. Last producer we had was kind of uh, the swamp rat, Kevin Oran, outstanding guy, but a little uh, apolitical. A little bit too conservative. It was conservative slash apolitical. So I couldn't have as much fun with him. But, David, you're kind of on the same wavelength as I am. You know? Yeah, pretty uh, pretty similar political views. Yeah, which could be – which might make you want to rethink your uh, some of your political views. <laughs> Survey says people that agree with me often want to go back and double-check and make sure their views are actually uh, – or their predictions are actually the ones they want them to be. All right, back on the Two Guys in a Mic show, 888-463-6748. Real quick, in the baseball world, it's kind of dying down here, and a lot of the races uh, have been over for a long, long time. By the way, the Minnesota Twins clinched it. I think it was yesterday or the day before, but it's over. It's all over. The White Sox now, hard to believe, 12 games back of the Twins. Man, did that go south in a hurry. And as a White Sox fan, I'll be rooting for the Twins in the American League. I got no, no problem with that. If this comes down to the Yankees, the Devil Rays, the Rangers, or the Twins, I'll take the Minnesota Twins and what they stand for. Thank you very much. Won't be ashamed of it. Any White Sox fans, you want to give me a hard time about rooting for our arch rival, feel free. 888-463-6748. I like what the Minnesota Twins stand for. I like the way they play baseball. National League, uh, the Eastern Division, it's over. Philadelphia Phillies are rolling. They might roll all the way to the World Series. Nine in a row, I think they won yesterday. Ten in a row, whatever it is. I mean, they're, they're just dominant of late. Definitely the head and shoulders, not head and shoulders, but the, uh, at least the, even odds on is probably the wrong word, but the definitive favorite. Definitive favorite to win the World Series right now, I would say. Hottest team in baseball, most talented team. Overall, if you take starting pitching a regular lineup, we all know in the National League Central Division this year, a dud. Cubs were a dud. The Brewers were a dud. Pittsburgh Pirates had a good season. They won 35 games. Things are on the upswing. Don't panic fans out in Pittsburgh. Next year could be your year. I'm not sure. I think I checked the schedule next year. Cubs and Pittsburgh Day are scheduled like 72 times next year. It's the National League's way of guaranteeing, or at least trying to guarantee, that one of the Cubs or Pittsburgh will actually win the division next year. Cincinnati Reds have had that thing for a while. Really, it comes down to the National League Western Division. Yesterday, late at night, much uh, past my bedtime, the San Diego Padres, almost called them the Charger. Padres knock off the Dodgers 3-1 to and a little mini two-game Losing streak, Colorado loses again to Arizona 8-4, to so the Rockies have cooled off a little bit. I think Atlanta lost also, so you got the Giants losing yesterday. you got Colorado losing, so a big day for the San Diego Padres as they gain some ground. I think it's tied now. And if I could figure out how to type it in my computer, I could do that. But I no, think no, no, no. They took uh, sole possession of first place. Padres. Padres. Half a game? Uh, yeah, I believe it's half a game. It's going back and forth. It's one of those deals where it's just like, you know, one guy surges ahead, next guy surges ahead, and just, you know, who's going to be ahead when you hit the finish line? Timing is everything. It's like one of those swimming races. Who's going to touch the wall first? You know, you watch the swimming race. They're both even. It's a matter of which guy's stroke happens to be in motion 
who's reaching forward at the time they hit the wall. And don't forget the Atlanta Braves because it's, it's a two-fold race in the National League West, and thank goodness we got one interesting race because there's very few things better in sports than a tight baseball pennant race. And I'll call it a pennant race even though it's not a pennant race anymore, but you come down to those final four or five games and each pitch, each inning, each at bat, the pressure is on. Sometimes the trying to get to the playoffs is even more exciting than being in the playoffs. Some of the most exciting games. I think White Sox fans know what I'm talking about. The classic, what was it, the blackout game that got to the White Sox, that final game that got the White Sox to the American League playoffs a few years ago. Some people say that was the best, most exciting White Sox game of all time. If you took a single game, for sheer excitement. These are fans that went to World Series Baseball for the White Sox, and they talk about that Blackhawk game. Not Blackhawk hockey game, black blackout game, as being from a fan intensity standpoint, from a fan excitement standpoint, and after winning the game for the elation, even better, sounds ridiculous, even better than some of the World Series games. So sometimes, what do they say, the journey is better than the ultimate destination. Don't you forget that out there. Once again, to the young kids listening, we can be an educational, if not motivational, program. Not sure where the laugh track is, but feel free to use it. Either that or the toilet flushing. But uh, So it's going to be fun to watch. Nationally, Western Division in the wild card race. The Atlanta Braves are in it, too. They've been struggling of late. We're going to see if they can uh, hang on to their wild card lead. I think it's maybe a game, maybe a half a game. So it's wide open, and it will be interesting to watch indeed. 888-463-6748. we got any baseball fans out there. Certainly football comes first and foremost at this particular point, but uh, we'll sneak in some baseball talk, and obviously when you get to the playoffs and the World Series, we will be your baseball source here. The big dog, Joel Radwanski, our uh, designated baseball expert. All right, real quick, real quick, and tomorrow's Football Friday. You can make your beat the Schmoes football predictions, and the Schmoes pretty darn good this year. Started off with the 3-0. and We pick against the spread, so it's not so easy, but started off with the 3-0, and 3-0, and me and the big dog. Week two, not so good. Not so good. Went one and two, one and two. I had a bounce back week last week at two and one. David Olson, you've gone, uh, you were schmoless the first week. But since jumping on board as a schmo, you've gone two and one, two and one. Now I asked you last week, are you going to quit while you're ahead or for the female fans out there, and you got a lot of female fans, will you come back for schmodom for week three? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to press my luck. You are going to double down. Okay. Now the key is if you have a bad week. That's when you can't fall in. I don't want to see you drop out. You know, right now you're flying hot. Okay? But the true test of character, my friend, the true test of character is are you able to come back after a down week? See, right now, David Olson, you know, living easy in Schmoda. Anybody can play beat the Schmoes when they're winning. But you talk about a guy like the Big Dog or myself who've been down early and often, who've been embarrassed, who've been humiliated. But the true test of character, it's easy enough to be pleasant. When life flows along like a song, but the schmo worthwhile is the schmo who can smile when everything else has gone dead wrong. Remember that. I'm beginning to regret this is a two-hour show at this point. <laughs> NFL football for tomorrow. Let's take a look at a few of the games. Uh, and when I say tomorrow, our football Friday, we'll break down some of the games, make our football picks. Tennessee at the New York Giants. That's a pretty good matchup. One of the better games of the day. Both those teams looking for bounce back games from week number two. Uh, at New York, three-point favorite. That basically means they think the two teams are even. Usually you give three points to the home team. I think that's going to be an excellent 
game if I had to. I'm picking Tennessee, but boy, tough game to pick. Buffalo at New England. Eh, the Buffalo Bills. Boring. Not a whole lot of interest going. Is Dick Duran still coaching the Buffalo Bills? I don't think he is. But the residue from Dick Duran. We found out this out with the Chicago Bears. The boredom, the residue, the brain cells that can be killed with Dick Duran as your head coach, they can, they can, that residue will spread for a couple of years. Forget about Buffalo for the next couple of years until they can bounce back and they've, uh, chemotherapy to all the Dick Duran cells out. That's a little meat because Dick Duran's a nice enough guy, but brutal. Brutal as a head coach. He basically is the white version of Lovey Smith. Cleveland at Baltimore, the Browns at the Ravens. The Ravens not a happy ball club after their uh, loss to the Cincinnati Bengals last week. couple of roughing the passer penalties. Ray Lewis and company, an angry bunch. If you're the Cleveland Browns, not good. Not good if the Ravens are angry, so you can pretty much forget about the Browns this week. Tampa Bay hosting the Pittsburgh Steelers. Tampa Bay 2-0. and Surprise team is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for real. Everybody talking about it. The ESPN, the NFL experts of the Buccaneers for real. I am here to answer that question for you in one word. No. Next question, please. Steelers will win that ball game at Tampa Bay. Cincinnati at Carolina. Can Carolina? Eh, another kind of boring team this year. The only interesting thing about that game will be to see uh, Jimmy Clausen, the Notre Dame quarterback who takes over for Matt Moore, gets his first NFL start. We'll see how he does. But uh, Carolina right now, not too exciting of a team. Atlanta at New Orleans, excellent matchup. Excellent matchup. The Falcons, they can be uh, as good as any team in the NFL, but they're a little inconsistent. They can also get down into that Carolina and Buffalo area as well. So we'll see which Atlanta team shows up. It better be the good one. They're taking on the New Orleans Saints with or without Reggie Bush at New Orleans. you got to think the Saints are the favorites there. They're a four-point pick. San Francisco at Kansas City. Now, I like this matchup. Neither of these teams are marquee teams. Chiefs are a surprise 2-0. Frisco is 0-2. Played much better in the Monday night football game. Mike Singletary trying to rally the troops. There's a guy, by the way. <clears throat> if you didn't join us earlier, we were talking about which coach would you want to come in and give a talk to the uh, the Chilean miners to motivate them to hang in for 30 and 45 days. Mike Singletary, and I'm not saying he's the greatest NFL coach just yet, but if I'm picking a guy, I don't know how many people have heard Singletary speak. And remember, after his NFL career, he took about 10 years off of coaching. Raised the kids, and they had a bunch of kids, get the kids through school, help the wife at home. And then he entered the coaching world, you know, almost a decade off. But while he was doing that, he did the motivational seminars. Not to sports teams necessarily, but to companies and to groups. But, you know, his name did not come to the forefront when I was thinking of our daily quandary. But, you know, Michael Singletary, he, he might be a top ten. For guys, you'd want to go down into that cave for ten minutes and, and motivate those uh, miners to hang in there and be strong and stick together and find a way out. Because Mike Singletary, boy, when he speaks, he goes EF Hutton. People will listen. That's a good game. San Francisco at Kansas City. I think the 45, 49ers win it. But it's at KC. you got to love the Chief fans, Arrowhead Stadium. got to love them. Gotta love the Kansas City Chief fans. Gotta root for them. Hopefully they're gonna have a good year this year. It's been a, whew, been a many a good year since the Chiefs have been relevant. Detroit at Minnesota, another good game. Detroit Lions, they're definitely competitive this year. They're gonna win some games. Snake bit so far. They gotta find a way to get over the hump. They're 0-2. They might just get over the hump this week, taking on Minnesota. 
Game is at Minnesota. Vikings favored by 11. You know what? I'll take the Lions at 11 in that game. Lions might win it straight up. Minnesota is going to be your most disappointing team this year. Houston Texans hosting the Dallas Cowboys. Another excellent game. Cowboys, 0-2, people writing them off. I wouldn't write them off just yet. Wouldn't write them off just yet. Tony Romo, Bum Phillips, and the boys. Still a lot of talent there. If they can stop bickering with each other, the Cowboys might still be able to pull it together. Remember, way too many, way too many assumptions have been made after just two games of the NFL season. And those people that are writing the Dallas Cowboys off just yet, they could lose this game. They could lose this game and still bounce back and make the playoffs. Three-game, four-game, a season does not make. But that's a pretty good matchup. Battle of Texas taking on one of the hotter teams in the NFL. Matt Schaub, Arian Foster, and the Houston Texans. Of course, their great defensive end as well. Mario Williams sparking a pretty good defense for Houston. Washington at St. Louis. Not bad. Redskins threw away their uh, opening game. St. Louis Rams trying to work in a new offensive system, new quarterback. Could be a pretty good matchup. Certainly not marquee team, but pretty good matchup. Philadelphia at Jacksonville. By the way, Washington favored by three and a half at St. Louis. That spreads about the right mark. Uh, Philadelphia at Jacksonville. Good game. Jacksonville great in game one, terrible in game two. Which Jack Del Rio coach team will show up in game three? We will find out. They're taking on the Philadelphia Eagles. Eagles are a three-point favorite. Game is at Jacksonville. I'll take the Jaguar. And, of course, the big story there, Michael Vick at quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles. We'll see how long it takes Kevin Cobb to get in the game. That was a good move, by the way. Good move. And, again, uh, you want to check in here, NFL football thoughts. We're kind of previewing our football Friday here in our final minutes of our two-hour show. By the way, if you're joining us in the 11 to 12 o'clock hour, thank you for for doing so, we'll try to do it on Thursdays. Thursdays and go two hours. We'd like to go two hours each and every day, but right now sponsorship will not afford that. But on Thursdays, we'll try to go live from 11 to 12. We're doing so today. And uh, new listeners that are joining us, thank you so much for doing so. 888-463-6748. If you want to check in via the phone lines, you want to send us an email, you can always do that at Mike2Guys at AOL.com. We'd love to hear from you. Read some of the comments out over the air. M-I-C and the number two, Mike2Guys at AOL.com. Uh, Indianapolis at Denver, another good ball game. Indian, six days rest. Boy, do they look good. Boy, do they look good against the New York Giants. Just absolutely tearing them apart in the first three quarters. Peyton Manning. Over his younger brother, Eli, looked like the Indy of old. But then again, week one, they were not so good. Taking on the Denver Broncos. Kyle Orton doing a pretty good job quarterback in the Broncos. Pretty competitive game there. San Diego at Seattle. Another interesting matchup. Petey Carroll in his third game as an NFL coach here with the Seattle Seahawks. See if he can pull uh, his team back from a, a tough week number two. They were good in week one. San Diego, of course, uh, one-on-one on the season. And some people say maybe. Maybe a Super Bowl contender. We'll see how long, how far rather Philip Rivers can take him. Finally, you got Oakland at Arizona, and the New York Jets taking on the Miami Dolphins. Pretty good ball game there. The Jet at the Dolphin. Dolphins uh, favored. It's an interesting point spread at Miami. Dolphins favored by two and a half. I would have picked the Jets, maybe one or two point favorite. Monday night game. Who's playing Monday night day? Oh, Packers and Bears. Wow. City of Chicago all over it. I'm sure the Green Bay fans are. Two, probably the most hype we've had for a Bear Packer game in at least a couple of years. 
maybe three or four, maybe even going further than that. But we'll have a lot of Bear Packer talk tomorrow as well. All right, there's your quick NFL rundown. We want to thank everybody who stuck around for the entire two hours today. Got a lot accomplished. We went over some of the classic comedy scenes of all time. Had some good contribute from our listeners. Thank you very much. People can YouTube some of those scenes. We uh, kind of gave a pep talk and living vicariously through our favorite sports team, the Chilean Miners out there. Covered some college football, baseball, checked in with the big dog and uh, did a little other damage as well. We appreciate everybody for joining us. Football Friday tomorrow, folks. Don't forget to join us at 10 o'clock tomorrow. Have a great day out there, everybody. For two guys and a mic, talkzone.com. We'll see you tomorrow at 10. Don't be late.